a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This, indeed you are, Paul, is Fan Effect. The Looney Tunes are back on the court in Warner Brothers' sequel to the now-classic 1996 film Space Jam. But this time, the classic cartoon characters are joined by modern basketball star LeBron James as his character attempts to save his son by playing hoops with his unlikely teammates. The sequel was just released in July 2021, 25 years after the original. And, while it's receiving mixed reviews by critics... Families are finding the film to be full of humor, nostalgia, and most of all, heart. You can catch the film streaming on HBO Max, or if you are like me and love the theatrical experience, you can catch it in the movies theaters now. I saw the film at the Megaplex with a heaping bucket of popcorn, along with two of my eager nieces and one of today's guests. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, sponsored by our friends at Megaplex Theaters, Utah's premier movie entertainment experience. I'm your host and producer, Kellyanne Halverson. Sadly, Andy couldn't join us today, uh, but everyone knows here that I'm an outspoken fan of Warner Brothers and someone who enjoyed exploring the WB universe in Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. Today, I am joined by a guest whose love for the original film knows no bounds, as she suggested and moderated a FanX panel on Space Jam a couple years ago, which I had the honor of being in the audience, and our other guest had the honor of being on the panel. Welcome, Taylor Stapleton and James Estrada. Hi, super excited to be here. I'm super excited. Taylor was actually able to join me uh, last minute to go to the screening of the film, which was great. It took me it took me about a week to hunt down your guys' information from uh, FanX, but I'm so excited that we actually got, got to bring you in on that. I know. I felt so privileged. I'm like, I... I had I thought the movie was going to be opening on the 11th for some reason, and then when I thought like the day before, I'm like, why would it open on a Sunday? And then I got really bummed, <laughs> and then you reached out, and I got really excited. Yeah, I'm just so excited to have here. I was at that uh, panel. I think it was in 2019, correct? It was. Yeah, so I was in the audience at that panel, and. I just love the passion for you have for Space Jam and the Looney Tunes. You, you're even planning on getting a, a tattoo at some point, correct? <laughs> I absolutely am. I just got the office one, which was going to be the Space Jam, but I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We all we all get distracted by different fandoms at times. <laughs> well, and I'm so glad you guys are joining us today. So we're we're going to aim for three segments here. Uh, the first segment of the show, we're actually going to try to keep spoiler free. Uh, so we're going to save our spoils, save our deep dive for the final segments. And we really want to kind of stay on the surface, give an idea for those who are maybe 
on the bench about if they're going to see the show or not and try to either convince them to or convince them not. First of all, I know I've seen it twice now. I saw it in the theaters at the Megaplex, and I also saw it at home on HBO Max. Um, Just so I know your experiences, where have you guys seen the film now? Uh, I also saw it at home and then watched it again on HBO Max. Good. So we we can compare that that experience there. What what about you, James? Um, I've seen it three times at home. Three times? You've seen it more than me. Yeah. (laughs) My son, whenever we watch movies at home, like my son's always like doing something else around the house and he'll like pop in every now and then. Oh, uh uh-huh. And so... He's like, oh, can we watch it again? Because, like, I didn't see the first part. It's like, yeah, sure. And then, like, he's like, oh, I didn't remember that part. Can we watch it again? It's like, yeah. I mean, we could watch it how many times we want. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it eight times. That is one of the good things about it being available at home is you have that luxury of watching it several times, you know? Yeah, and it helps that you can, like, uh, you can catch things that you might have missed. You can throw on, like, subtitles if they can't really understand a lot. So... I find there's a lot of huge benefits in watching it at home. Oh, yeah. We just um, were talking about this on Black Widow, having the captions on to be able to understand some of the accents and catch the character's name and nuances of the film a bit better. So I like that. Before we get started, let's kind of talk about our our general rating and feelings for the film here. Uh, So it is PG-13. It's a fantasy. It's adventure. It's almost two hours long, which could be a little bit long for, for some younger children in the audience, but they'll definitely enjoy that. There's a lot of bright colors and humor and and everything in it. Critics are being a a little bit more critical of it, I should say, (laughs) (laughs) where audiences are really seeming to enjoy it. I think for me, um, I really like the film. I think it's a strong family film. Um, It can be a little distracting with how much other properties are mixed into the film and it doesn't quite hold up to the original, but it's a fun, family-friendly film that I think lots of uh, our audience would enjoy. Taylor, can you give us kind of a, what you thought of the film? Yeah, so, you know, I came in this with very little hopes because Space Jam, <laughs> like, I still watch Space Jam at the very least once a month because oh, wow. I just love it so much. But I also came in with my mind, like, this is its own separate movie. If it was going to be the same kind of movie, it would have happened 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I kind of came up with the mindset, like, this is going to be its own. As long as, you know, they acknowledged the Space Jam existence, <laughs> and I appreciated that about it. And, you know, I I loved it. I went in with the mindset of, like, I loved this kind of movie 25 years ago. Let's see, like, they definitely improved technology now. So oh, yeah. it's probably going to be good, too. <laughs> <laughs> so would you suggest uh, families go watch it? I think that families should definitely watch it. I think that the adult audience, I feel like their nostalgia kind of takes over when it mm-hmm. happens. So if they just kind of go in with a clear mindset and, you know, look out for those little things in the movie that were made for people our age. Right. Yeah. And they, they and do so, include a lot of that. Yeah. And so, you know, and that was great to see. I think that families will love it, though. Oh, that's great. What What about you, James? What What's your thoughts on on the film? So I really liked it. I, um, like Taylor was saying, you know, I, my son and I watch Space Jam about once a month too. Oh, wow. Um, Just because (laughs) for me growing up, like, I wasn't a huge, like, sports fan growing up and still not really a huge sports fan. (laughs) But for some reason, like, I loved the movie Space Jam. Right. And 
for me, I wasn't going into it with like expectations of it being like an Oscar worthy movie. Like, you mm-hmm. know, movies like this, they're movies that you just go to kind of escape the real world and you kind of, it's, it's your escape movie. You go there for the fun, you go there for the jokes, for the references. And that's what I love about this. You know, the storyline is such a family-driven storyline, but there's so many, like, jokes for kids, but most of the references, I think, in there are for, like Taylor said, people our age. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so funny because, like, I was laughing at things that my kid had no idea what I was laughing at. But then I was laughing so hard that he would start laughing. And I would be like, all right, I'll explain that one to you when you're older kind of thing. Well, and even with a lot of that laughter, a lot of it was just characters the the kids didn't know. Um, My niece, we had a – well, my nieces, we had a huge conversation on the ride home. It's like, okay, what was the big red monster? What was with this? What was with that? And it was just fun kind of exploring these different WB worlds and universes that they they weren't as familiar with. And even though they didn't really know who Granny was or Gossamer was, they enjoyed the film, which is just wonderful to me. Yeah, and I think the funny thing about that is, like, I think I had the same, uh, we had the same conversation, but with Speedy Gonzalez. Like, my son knows all the characters, but he was like, who is that mouse that was talking like he was a Mexican? I was like, oh, buddy, that is the mouse of our people. That is, that is us as cartoons. And he just started laughing, and he, like, has this newfound love for Speedy Gonzalez, and I'm like, oh, I'm probably making him a Speedy Gonzalez costume one of these days. Oh, I love Speedy Gonzalez. I, I, <laughs> I love him in the newer cartoons they've done where he is, like, a um, small business owner. He runs a restaurant. Like, he's he's just a, a fun, great character. And I was a little worried at first because um, he looked like he was going to be one of the characters cut from from the film. And so when I saw him yeah. in there, I'm like, yes, yes, we, we, need, we need Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> So what did you guys feel about the actual story of the film? Do you feel like it was going in good directions? It was something that people needed right now. Let's go ahead and we'll, we'll go back to Taylor. Um, you know, I liked the way they did the story. Like, um, that was one of my biggest concerns is how they were going to get LeBron into the dream world. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, with Michael Jordan, they had a very specific scene Mm-hmm. That was only relatable to him that could happen <laughs> because, like, I call it back. His, like, he only made that movie to, like, redeem himself for being a horrible baseball player. Which was fantastic. So, <laughs> if you haven't but, seen the original Space Jam, we're having a lot of spoilers for that because, you know, it's 25 years later. You should see it by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I really liked the way they pulled him in and the way they introduced him. It was so casual that, like, he didn't miss a beat mm-hmm. on, like, oh, hey, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Just like we needed. <laughs> well, and I feel like all this is, is things we see in the trailers, and I don't count things we see in the trailer as a spoiler. So that's totally fine to, to show. And, you know, we see in the trailer he's in a server room, and it looks like he, he is taken – into the the digital realm by like it looks like a big sphere looking thing so yeah it was it was brought into a digital world into the server universe of of the wb in in this film which is different than than the first one because the first one he's actually pulled into the cartoon world which is just below us by bugs bunny yeah through a golf hole Mm -hmm. which was like just super impressive (laughs) definitely and very comedic at the same time 
I do feel like um, on TV and in movies, this the, like one company with a giant server like that is that just real life though? Because <laughs> now I fully believe it since LeBron was taken into it. See, I thought the same thing as a child about Space Jam. You know, it came out, I was probably about 10 years old, and I'm like, that'd be so cool if there really was this underworld universe of, of all the characters and everything. It would be. I mean, did you find yourself, like, digging a hole in your backyard? Because I will admit that I did that a few times. <laughs> no, but I, I would admit, like, at the miniature golf course, really looking into the, the hole, into the putt to to see if there was any chance that Bugs Bunny You just was find there. yourself making the same pose that Michael Jordan did, hoping that <laughs> you get laughed at by Yosemite fans. Who doesn't want to be part of a cartoon world? I'm just grabbing my ball, guys, mm-hmm. as you just stand there for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's fun about this world is you're not just going into the tunes world. You're going into a world, and we've seen this in, in a lot of the trailers and, and the teases that have been released, but you're going and you're visiting the world of DC, of Harry Potter, of even the Matrix. Like, we, we see these these different worlds. So it's not just an exploration of the tunes characters. It's an ex- exploration of all the WB universe, which a lot of the critics are saying it's it turns into kind of a advertisement for what WB has. But Disney did basically the same thing with Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet and in these different properties. So what what do you guys feel about about that controversy? Do you think it's it's okay? Like honestly, like when I see it, I think that it's just something for uh, people to complain about. Just because like you were saying, like <laughs> Disney did the same thing mm-hmm. with Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. And how was that received? Like people loved Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just like people have such... Uh, weird taste in their mouth from other Warner Brothers movies, like the DC Extended Universe. Like, people are like, uh, you know, <laughs> why are they doing that? Like, people just want to complain about Warner Brothers right now. And it's, it's like... It's that for yeah, or against mentality. That. You can like both. Yeah, and like... And I think that's what my favorite thing about the movie was, was how integrated they... That's what I felt like when I, when I saw it. Like, yeah, this is like when they walk into the internet and like you just see all of Disney's properties mm-hmm. and when LeBron's like flying through and you're like, Oh wow. Like this is amazing. Like you forget that Warner brothers owns this and this and this. And it was just fun. I loved it. It was fun for me. You've seen some of it in the ads. You have the Iron Giant, you have King Kong, Scooby-Doo, the Jensen's, the Flintstones, Harry Potter, Matrix, Batman movies, which anyone who knows me knows I'm a, I'm a huge DC Comics fan. Uh, so that was really, really awesome there. And the film had these really great themes in it where the first one, it was more about Bugs Bunny pulling uh, Michael Jordan into, the, into their world in order to fight and save their universe it's it's a little bit different in this one it's more family focused you've seen in the ads there's there is lebron and his son in it and there's some sort of conflict there he's going into the server world and he's saving his son so it's definitely a a different focus and more deeper themes i think than than just the first one there and i think that's something the audiences are gonna love right now because we are looking for those deeper meanings and with something like this where it's a a family entertainment film it's great to have that heart in there as well so what i would say too like for me and i I think like the parent-child dynamic they have in the movie a lot of people look at it as a father-son dynamic, mm-hmm. which I think it's important to portray, but I think you look at it as a parent-child dynamic because this could be any parent-child. It could be a mother-daughter, mother-son, father-daughter, father-son. Oh. But just that dynamic they have, like these are things that you deal with as a parent to 
a preteen or, you know, kids that have their own identity that they're struggling to find their, their place in this world. I feel like this movie touches on how we as parents can support that for them and how we can kind of do better ourselves as a support system for our kids. Which is wonderful. And even the film itself is is very bonding because I even just sitting there with my nieces, introducing them to these whole new characters and this whole new world uh, of of the uh, – I keep wanting to say Tiny Toons because that's like my jam as a child <laughs> <laughs> um, of the Looney Tunes world was just really cool. So you're, you're bonding as you're watching. You're bonding over the characters. The story is a really family-friendly film. And our, our friend Herb Scribner at the Deseret News, you can hunt down his article about how the film doesn't deserve the – criticism it's getting because it really is a fun family-friendly film and it just doesn't deserve to be torn apart but uh the way it has been uh i'm I'm okay i'll I'll get over that (laughs) (laughs) i was reading online that someone's like real movie critics should just take in their nieces and nephews and have them write up the reviews right they didn't need to write the lengthy post about how awful it was (laughs) or how awful they thought it was and, like, I, having my nieces there, like, I got that totally. It was so fun sitting there and hearing what they were laughing at because it really is a funny film. I love that they were able to do silly things and a little bit dangerous things and, you know, less PC things than you see in cartoons nowadays. <laughs> There's something about these zany characters playing a crazy basketball game, doing all these crazy things that, oh, very humorous, very fun. I, I really loved that with it. But I think something, too, that is really impactful, especially like right now, like you had asked earlier, like if this is like a movie that we need right now, mm-hmm. the fact that they show um, like you don't see a lot of movies where they show a strong black father, like mm-hmm. leading his family and like, you know, being there for his kids kind of thing. Like, um, I think this is a really good movie in that sense. You have so many people that have these negative connotations toward a group, but like this movie's like, no, like, look, this is how families really are. Like, mm-hmm. this is what we're trying to prove kind of thing. Um, and they were fully involved in the, each other's lives. The The mother was involved in yeah. the kid's life. The, the dad was. The brothers were involved in each other's life. It was a really good example of, of a family working together. Yeah, a strong family. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and how... Uh, like you said, everybody's got each other's back kind of thing. Like the brothers, the dynamic between the brothers in the movie, oh, like that, that <laughs> took me back to my brothers and myself. Like, you know, we always support each other. Even now, you know, I'm 35. My brothers are both older than me. And even my younger stepbrother, like we're all like super tight knit. And my sister, like it just, oh, I loved it so much. Right. It was really fun there. Yeah, I really felt when um, LeBron's wife was yelling at her son to pay attention, and he did not because he could not hear her. I really felt that as a mother. (laughs) of like trying to get attention and someone telling me that she cannot hear me and me yelling like, well, she better hear me. Like, I'm the mom. The mom voice goes. It's it's wonderful. Well, and the performances were, were really good as well. Like, no one is expecting LeBron to get an Oscar from this. No one expected Michael Jordan to get an Oscar from it. But it was a fun show. It was well-performed. The interaction between the characters uh, and the tunes were a lot of fun. And even, like, the production style. Did you guys like the, the animation, both 2D and, and 3D? I did. I thought it was really clever. And it also just made me happy that they wouldn't go straight 3D. 
Mm-hmm. Because, like, one of the great things about Looney Tunes is just watching it as a 2D movie, like, just a normal, like, cartoon. Well, and the plasticity you have with the characters because of that, it's, it's just different than a rigged 3D model that you would get uh, more with the 3D animation. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing I love, too, is that they went even – this might be spoilery. <laughs> do they show LeBron as a cartoon character in the trailer? They do. They do. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't see the trailer. I think I only saw it once. Yeah. So now um, I like I hunt I them was, all down for for this and for Facebook. I so it's like, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> so one of the things I loved was that they you know started off with LeBron as a cartoon character in the Looney Tunes world. Mm-hmm. So like unlike the first Space Jam movie where you know you have Michael Jordan coming in just as Michael Jordan and you you know you have those weird CGI scenes where. They turn uh, Michael Jordan into a ball and <laughs> dribble him around. You're like, Ugh. like even yeah. now, you're like that technology didn't age well, or that scene no. didn't age well. It looked really weird. Um, but the fact that they're like, hey, we're gonna do this weird stuff, but we're gonna do this weird stuff with LeBron as a cartoon. Mm-hmm. So you know, we don't have to like make these weird CG animations of LeBron <laughs> as a basketball kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it'll last longer, technology and even story wise, but because of that. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And the the soundtrack was was pretty good. It wasn't as awesome as the first, but I, I was still happy about it. You know, the soundtrack though for me was definitely a miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognized like a couple songs, but the only one I could think about is like the first one. Like, was it Ghetto Superstar? Uh, and, I don't know. <laughs> I can't even remember. But I feel like I, it just kept missing because I like downloaded the Space Jam soundtrack mm-hmm. on my phone because you had to buy it. Oh, I have the Space Jam on my phone. Yeah, Amazon Music. <laughs> it's like I, I can sit and listen to that all the time. But mm-hmm. this one is like I don't know who these people are. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of these songs. I am that 35-year-old woman watching it just by herself. I get it. <laughs> my, my nieces recognize him. I did not. And, and so – but I did miss having like that iconic song Andy mentioned in his, his review for TV how – you know, it was in the time frame where every show had like its own iconic song. Like Titanic had has, has its song. We had the Space Jam song. We had the Men in Black song. I kind of missed that in this. I I kind of wish they would have pulled that nostalgia by creating its own little jam. I wish they yeah, did that for the everything. For, right? <laughs> I want my own thing. I think song. the funny thing for me uh, is that I'm kind of glad they didn't go with like a jam because I I don't know I'm I'm so like. I'm so stuck in my playlists from, like, years ago <laughs> that, like, <laughs> if I heard a new Space Jam song, I'd be like, oh, what are they doing? You're, like, you're not supposed to do that. that. That does make sense. <laughs> I'm, I was not allowed with some of my friends to control the music because my music was always, like, Disney soundtracks and Broadway musicals. They're like, no. <laughs> so they would take the control. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> the control if you me. go to the Teen Titans, go to the movies, uh-huh. Little Yachty did a version of the theme song. <laughs> And I hated it. And I was like, Ugh. and like in my mind, like when I started thinking, oh, are they going to have a Space Jam song? Is it going to be by Little Yachty? And am I going to hate it and like judge this movie poorly because of it? Oh, that would be so hard. <laughs> so, I know. I'd be like, oh, I love the movie, but I hate the soundtrack. So I have to. No, no, no. no we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> That's good. All right. So let's go ahead and we're going to close up this first segment here. Oh, this is going to be a long podcast, I think. But I, I think we're okay with that. <laughs> Um, so real quick, have you changed any of your mind about your general rating of the film as we've had this conversation? I'd, I'd probably give it 
as a family film, not a piece of art, probably like a, in the B range, because I think it's a good, solid family film with fun characters and good theme. Um, and while there are some loose ends we'll talk about as spoilers and some choices I'm, I'm a little concerned about, I think it's a fun family film that people should go see and, you know, see it where your family's going to enjoy it the most. If it's out at the theaters, making it an, an outing experience, that's great. If it's in your home, so you can watch it over and over again, you can pause and laugh and talk to each other, which sometimes is, is more fun than the actual movie, <laughs> then, <laughs> then do that. So I think that's kind of my, my general thought of it is give it a chance, go see it, enjoy the characters, enjoy the universe, and definitely enjoy the comedy. I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, I loved it. I am, I just like get super hyped about like corny family movies. Oh yeah. I love a movie that I can put on and enjoy while my toddler kind of watches. And <laughs> then I do not care if she's not paying attention because I am so sucked into it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just kind of rare. Like Disney plus has been doing really well with that for me lately. Mm-hmm. But this one is like, this one's my own. I can watch this by myself over and over. The only problem was that soundtrack. Like, I just did not like it. (laughs) You just wanted a better soundtrack. We wanted to go back to the 90s soundtrack there. I just, and that's it. I just love the 90s music. All right. And James, what what is your overall impression now we've had this this conversation? I'm at, like, uh, in between a B and B+. And the other reason why I say is, like, there are definitely scenes where I think the script struggled, mm-hmm. um, yes, or even yes. the delivery of the script struggled. And a lot of it is in that beginning sequence with LeBron and his son. Mm-hmm. It just it felt unnatural to me. A little but I'm not going to, like, yeah, I'm not going to, like, downgrade a whole movie just off of that. Because, like you said, you know, there's so much action and adventure in this movie, like... It's so much fun if you just let it be fun, if you don't try to take a microscope to it and look for any little flaws that are in there. Or, you know, if you're just trying to hate it because you don't like LeBron James or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that I think parents and kids will enjoy. Uh, like I said before, you know, the kids will laugh at the jokes and the parents will laugh at all the references. <laughs> Um, and you know, your nostalgia takes over and your love, your fandoms take over and it's just so much fun. Definitely a fun film. Uh, and just so you guys know, it is rated PG for some cartoon violence. Of course, it's the Looney Tunes. Come on, people. <laughs> um, and so there's a little bit of language there. It's stuff you see in the ads. It's nothing really over the top. Uh, but if that's something you're worried about with your kids, you know, go ahead and, and, wait a little bit till they're a little older but overall i really think they're gonna like this they're gonna enjoy it it's kind of a fun way to bring some of that cartoon violence back into your world <laughs> that was been thoroughly scrubbed in our time <laughs> all right so that is uh, all for this segment of fan effect we are going to come back and dive deeper into space jam um i'm talking with uh two friends from fanex they're on the fanex panel committee and i'm so excited to to pick their brains a bit more as we dive deep into the world of space jam part two Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. 
who would help our newest neighbors. Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Fan Effect. Today we're talking about Space Jam, a new legacy, the sequel to the 1996 classic. I have with us today uh, Taylor and James from Fanex uh, panel committee. It's been really fun to chat with them. And I'm so excited because we had to stop ourselves many times to break away from, from spoilers in that first segment. So we get to spoil and talk and discuss and dissect in this segment here. <laughs> Yes, let me tell you everything. <laughs> right, everything. So this film was a bit different than the first one, where the first one, the, the Looney Tunes actually dragged Michael Jordan into the universe in order to save their world. This one, um, it's LeBron that kind of drags in the Looney Tunes in order to save his son. So it's it's a bit of a different, but it all goes back to a game, a, a basketball game. And me, who the only sport I really know about is Quidditch, it's kind of fun to, to get interested in. <laughs> in um, sports this way. <laughs> All right, so I like starting positive. So what was your favorite part about this film? Let's start with James. My favorite part uh, was when they were gathering up all the Looney Tunes and you see they decide to go get Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. Uh-huh. And Gosh. like out of all the places they could be, they're in Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> and <laughs> the fact that like... Like, I laughed so hard. Like, I probably wouldn't have been kicked out of the theater if I would have went and saw this in theaters because of how hard I was laughing. When Wiley Cody just sprays his mouth with the silver spray and just has a sign that says, witness me. Oh, my oh I laughed so hard. And my son's looking at me like, what is your deal? Like, why are you laughing so hard? And I was like, I will explain this when you're older. <laughs> you will watch a movie when you're older and you'll get this reference. <laughs> Uh, but that had to be hands down my favorite part. So you're definitely a fan of the let's pull in our, our IPs that we love and, and do a little nostalgia back of the uh, the films and the characters we, we enjoy outside of the just the Looney Tunes universe. Oh, yeah. And just the fact like where they were putting people like where mm-hmm. they had Granny and Speedy, like the fact that they were in the <laughs> Matrix and uh, the fact that. Porky and Daffy were in not only the DC universe, they were in the DC animated universe. So it was like the yes. 90s Batman and Superman Bruce Tim style. I was really hoping one of the animated, the actual Batman animated characters would talk because I'm like, I, I really wanted to hear if it was Kevin Conroy or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, was cool. And it, it was just so amazing. You liked the mix of the characters. Um, what about you, Taylor? What was your favorite part about the film? I loved the cameos in the audience. Um, <laughs> There was so many references throughout my childhood and adult years that I've just been like, oh, my gosh. So, I, like, at some point, I would just forget about the game and I'd just be, like, looking in the audience, mm-hmm. which, you know, I do at a Jet basketball game anyway. <laughs> just, like, looking at people in the audience, be like, oh, my gosh. And, like, you know, they had the fat, Dan- like, penguin. They just had everybody that I ever wanted in the front row mm-hmm. that I think that specifically that front row was made for the adult. Yeah. I found it a little distracting at times, actually. I found it a little distracting sometimes when I was, like, trying to find the one person again to make sure that I saw them. Like, me the whole time but, looking for the Animaniacs. I know. That was really disappointing, though, because I agree. The Animaniacs, they just came back on TV. They should have had more of a spotlight. Right. And they just won a bunch of daytime Emmys last weekend. You'd think that would have been something that they, they brought in. That that was one thing I was I was texting with you about the other day was yeah. there is all these – 
more modern intellectual properties that kids are aware of. Why didn't they bring those in a bit more in order to to, to please the the kids a bit more in order to to draw them into these other worlds as well? Ugh, completely agree. But mm-hmm. you know, but seeing Iron Giant and King Kong next yes. to each other, and King Kong kind of throw a little like the harumph look mm-hmm. at one point it was just like that. <laughs> that's funny like he he could have done more than just harumphed but okay oh yeah oh yeah that that was good the little interactions <laughs> between them that that was a lot of fun um i think one of my favorite part was just seeing the looney tunes back in action again interacting with each other and like <laughs> I think Granny stole the show. She was only a, a cheerleader in the first one, and her personality has been developed a bit more in the modern cartoons. She's not just the owner trying to keep Sylvester and Tweety apart. She was sassy. She was fun. I mean, they had her in the Matrix, like, jumpsuit all nice and slick and everything like that, and she really became a, a hero of, of the film. And, oh, in the interactions of the characters. Lola, they they really altered her from the first film. I know that there's been a lot of drama over that because she's, she's less sexualized, but she's still um, very driven and she's still very excited about, about basketball. She's been out on Themyscira with Wonder Woman in the Amazons proving herself and her worth there. It was so wonderful to see her interactions and how they changed with everybody. And so I think that was my favorite is I want these characters back. I want to see all the zaniness. I want to see the craziness, you know, it it was so fun, even from something as silly as there's a part when Daffy explodes and his uh, it's just his beak flying through the air and all I hear is, mother, like <laughs> all these little things I loved from my childhood are on the big screen again. And oh, I hope they get picked up again by, by this younger generation and, and just continue to, to get love and adoration. Me too. Also with the Lola thing, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it today and it's not that they were like took away over-sexualized it's just they got a new uniform and a lot of like, it is that yeah so sorry that it's not they a, crop top. a crop top <laughs> <laughs> and like even in the first one well like the music is very sexualized and stuff um it's like minerva the mink and stuff um and and in the background she is still standing up for herself like her whole thing is don't call me doll like respect me yeah. as a person respect me for my talents so it just wasn't as pushed into your face as as the first one and i frankly liked this version of lola better than in the the more recent animated cartoons did you guys watch the the more recent series of the looney tunes I- I have seen a couple of her and then she was like kind of she was more ditzy and more like of the stereotypical girlfriend, right? Where she's so just ditzy. like, I don't know where you are. So, what have ugh. you been doing? And it's like, and how it was, was this the same character? Oh. <laughs> so it was fun seeing Lola as who she was. <laughs> the positive att- attributes uh, uh, magnified in, in this film. And I'm, I'm wondering, James, what, what did you think of Lola? Because you, you are the male here and I give you permission to to speak your mind. <laughs> um, I actually I actually really liked what they did with Lola in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing with Lola was that I believe she had the first callback to the first Space Jam movie. Right? Yeah. Because the Bugs is telling her like, "Hey, you know, it's your chance to play basketball with an NBA great," and she's like, "Been there, done that." Uh huh. <laughs> And just the fact that she's so hyper-focused on proving herself to the Amazons Mm -hmm. that, you know, she's, like, doing everything she can to 
you know, put bugs and LeBron aside so she could finish this task because this is what she wants to do. And the fact that she was doing that, but when bugs and LeBron needed help, like she Mm -hmm. was still there as their friend and she was still there to help. And she became such, uh, I would say a champion in reuniting LeBron and his son. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really love that they made her like that pivotal of a character for the story. Definitely. It was it was it was one of the, my favorite parts about it. Like give, give Lola a chance, people. So one thing that that did kind of bug me was that separation of the Looney Tune characters at the start. So in the film, LeBron and his son gets pulled into the server verse, the WB server verse, because uh, LeBron doesn't want to be like an, a computerized star that cash cow or whatever for the studios um according to ig our bad guy the algorithm that is managing the the wb universe um and so he gets pulled into the looney tunes world and he needs to put together a team in order to to save his son and to play basketball and stuff it's not just lebron's family that they're mm-hmm. fixing bugs is trying to get his family back together too mm-hmm. They No one wanted to stay. They wanted to abandon for different worlds. And that kind of bugged me. I don't think they would leave each other. I thought it was weird. You know, they all have, like, their little tendencies to, like, beat each other up. But, like, that was the whole point. And they're always, like, they're always going to be family. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, why would maybe they just want to, it's, like, going off to college as a kid. Mm-hmm. Just, like, seeing where, what else is out in the world. Yeah. But I was always, you know, you come back. I was really heartbroken that he was the only one left. Mm-hmm. And they made it sad, too. Like, you could tell he'd, he'd been lonely and alone for a long time. And LeBron... Like, immediately. To, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and even though it was a fun way to get that, that kind of cartoon chasing in there, I was, I was sad. I, I don't know. I kind of... And I think that's where it kind of fell flat a little bit for me, mm-hmm. was the fact that... Uh, it's kind of like you're putting the two different storylines in when, mm-hmm. like, the first one the, it had the main storyline. There wasn't really a B storyline in yeah. the first movie other than, like, Wayne Knight trying to find a way to get into the Looney Tunes area. But this one, I feel like they were trying to force in another B story when they really didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And that's what it just felt like. like. Like Taylor said, you know, eventually you'd feel like they wanted to come back because they are a family. They are... Mm-hmm they're together like that's what they are they're the looney tunes they Mm -hmm. would never like separate in my opinion um at least not separate for a long time so it was kind of weird for me but then like you know in the back of my mind i was telling myself like just go with the story just go with it (laughs) let it do its thing it'll it'll be okay it's a necessity of the storyline that you just got to (laughs) accept yeah Mm -hmm. well i i like uh taylor i like you pointing out how I never even thought of it, like, growing up and moving out into the world. Uh, that That's a kind of interesting concept there. And it was interesting, like you said before, where they ended up, <laughs> um, except the Austin Powers world. I don't know why they decided yeah. to real quickly throw that one in. Is, yeah, there... you and I were talking about that. <laughs> it was weird. It's like there's no, nobody has watched one Austin Powers movie in the past 10 years plus, probably. Mm-hmm. And well, so it's like... I don't know what's happening. This is weird. (laughs) Like, there's plenty of places Elmer Fudd and and Sylvester could have been. Like, that's a little bit different. Like, come on, guys. You got more properties than that. Yeah. I did say, though, I loved that they had Sylvester 
completely, completely. shaved on yes. Dr. Evil's lap. And it makes me I think laugh at that part. It makes me think if the writers in the room were like, we, we just want Sylvester to, to be shaved like this. So we've got to find them a place. <laughs> Because like even the fact that they they like Tweety's more of a star than Sylvester in in my humble opinion as a girl who was raised in the time in elementary school that everyone had Tweety Bird as one of the main fashionable shirts in your wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> and at the same time, like the older women had every Tweety Bird tattoo, so. right? Like everyone loves Tweety, <laughs> so that was kind of weird that they didn't. But it was really hilarious that Sylvester had finally eaten him and. How long have I been gone? (laughs) Well, and, like, I think it's interesting, though, too, because, like, even in the first Space Jam movie, Tweety had a more prominent role Mm -hmm. as a member of the team and stuff like that. If you remember, like, I think he kicks one of the monsters in the face in the first one. (laughs) That sounds about right. Uh, Yeah. And so it's, like, that's kind of what I was hoping for with Tweety again in this one. (laughs) He was more of a prop in this one. Like, he was the parrot on the shoulder when he was a pirate. There was a couple little jokes there. So... That is kind of interesting. You would, you would think they would give Tweety a bit more in this one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But what what did you think of the the choices for the team anyway? Like we didn't have oh, those weird characters. I didn't know the the vulture, the like other weird mouse <laughs> that we had in in the first one. Um, I don't remember their names because they're they were so random. Like we we had a different mix of characters as our our main playing on the team characters in this one. We had Granny that was brought up. We had Gossamer, which I have a soft spot for Gossamer so much. <laughs> so that made me very happy. Um, what do you think of the the actual tunes that got to play? Yeah, the original ones did it for me. Like, mm-hmm. I w- like I liked Marvin the Martian in the first one, but yes. it didn't make sense for him in the second one. But I liked that they still included him in his classic moments. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And like how he was more of a transportation device. It was we just wanted his ship, not Marvin. That's a little sad because I do love Marvin the Martian as well. Yeah. And I think the thing I'll say, though, about that, like I love that they used him in the same way that they used to use him in the cartoons. Like Mm -hmm. the whole like I claim this for Earth and then Marvin comes in like, (laughs) you know, that's classic. Like the start of like most Marvin the Martian cartoons is somebody claims that planet for them and here comes marvin like no 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 no. this is mars like stop (laughs) um but like what i'll say is like i love that they made daffy the coach instead of a player in this one uh because he was so excited to be a coach like the fact that he's like i just want to be a coach like i can't play basketball let me be the coach but it's because everybody laughed at it. Well, and it's so great. And he has like that sense of humor. He has that anger in there. And um, at the first, when LeBron gets there, they're trying to, he's trying to get Superman. He's trying to get the Iron Giant, King Kong. He's, he's trying to get Batman. And if you, you look at it, there's different traits that he's connecting them up to. So they're trying to get Batman for, for the strategy. And instead they got Daffy, um, which is great. Cause you know, he's also bat duck um, in a lot of the cartoons <laughs> and you can really see him as, as the coach there. But then part of me is like, Oh, I want to see Batman coaching the Looney Tunes. <laughs> I'll have my own Elseworld tale in my head of, of that. <laughs> uh, I think like if, if you look at the lineup too, so like, I love that when 
LeBron is like coming up with a strategy, Bugs just isn't paying attention. He's not. like, yeah, whatever. Come up with your team. Uh, <laughs> that's not what we're gonna do. I'm gonna we're do my gonna own do thing. And then like, yeah, and then like every time they go, so like you know they go to get Daffy first, and I think LeBron's in on it because he's like, oh yeah, you know we're in the DC animated universe. Let's get Batman and Superman. <laughs> and the fact that he still asks them to play basketball with him after they almost crashed the train, like <laughs> into orphans. I laughed. <laughs> Yeah, into an orphanage of all things. <laughs> like, I laughed so hard that LeBron just turns like, hey, you guys want to play basketball? Like, come on, let's go. <laughs> I don't know, but part of me is like, oh, Superman would have understood. He would have been like, yeah, let's do this. But, <laughs> but then I know for the purpose of the film, we can't have the other ones. So I'll, like, yeah. I, will, I will suck that up and be like, okay, well, we'll do this oh, as much as I want Batman in this film more. And the Animaniacs which I will keep mentioning because they were only briefly kind of seen sitting on Martians, uh, the Martians uh, spaceship. <sighs> and I think too, like if you, if you go back to like the lineup and stuff, there were a lot of characters that I think they utilized in a different way than they did in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like when LeBron finally realizes that this isn't a regular basketball game. So I think like, that's the thing too, is it's mm-hmm. not just a normal basketball game. This is a game that his son created. It's a video game that his son created. And so it's not the normal rules of basketball. Mm-hmm. But LeBron's trying to play the normal rules of basketball. And that's why, you know, they're like, oh, this isn't going to work. I think that when, like, LeBron's like, hey, it's time to do what you guys do. Aww. And they started utilizing all of those characters' specialties. Like, you had Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote making fake sceneries for the. <laughs> basketball players to run into just seeing that they got to do what they do best in the cartoons like that really made me happy and excited for the rest of the movie like I just loved that whole like second half of the basketball game well and it was fun too because it it created a theme of the film which is balancing you know work and and you know the fundamentals of of life the fundamentals of basketball with having fun and exploring the hobbies that you enjoy and supporting your family members' ambitions and hobbies and everything. So it was really fun to, to see that involved in the film as well. And you saw a progression of all the characters. You saw it wasn't just Michael Jordan playing a game in order to save the tunes. You saw a progression of LeBron as a father. You saw the progression of Dom as a son. You saw the progression even of, of the tunes of like coming back together and, and being able to be their own family once more. The only one I, I was kind of confused with was kind of the villains of the film. There was I, – I wish I liked the villains more and I just didn't. I – yeah. Didn't, I knew one of them. Mm-hmm. I, that's it. Um, I only knew one of the basketball players, and I still don't know his name. And <laughs> so I was kind of upset because, again, I don't mean to compare it to the original, but I was a huge fan of basketball in the mid-'90s, and my team was the Charlotte Hornets. I saw two players on the Charlotte Hornets on Space Jam. I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this is the best thing of my life. I don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, but like, to, and I still watch basketball, so not knowing who they are, but I did appreciate that they didn't just go for the, like, the NBA. They mm-hmm. went for the WNBA also. Yeah, that was that was really good, and and how they were able to fuse the characteristics of the animals that Dom had scammed into the game uh, to the villains, and they came up with really cool villains, uh, really freaking awesome. I I loved the the design of the spider villain, like that was awesome. Oh, yeah. 
I think what fell flat with the villains is that in the original one, you had aliens that took over the character's powers, like their abilities. Mm -hmm. So these were aliens that had feelings and still were uh, in this universe, like living creatures kind of thing, Mm -hmm. where in this one, they're just ones and zeros. They're just computer, like they're the characters that Dom put into his game. Mm -hmm. So it's not even really going to get their abilities. It's characters that LeBron's friends with in the movie and so like they were all our basketball but not I think he said it's in an all-star game is where he scanned them into his game and then uh what was his, what was uh Don Cheadle's name Ali G it was um it was oh Al G yeah Rhythm. yeah so he was uh, so, like, and he's like the main he villain which I have to say, uh, after like seeing Don Cheadle as like uh, War Machine and Iron Patriot for the last like ten, fifteen years, <laughs> seeing him as a villain, I loved it. I, I loved it, and yeah. I loved his costumes. <laughs> his oh yeah, and like the little references to to Steve Jobs and Apple, and just all the silly stuff there. Well, uh, and the Bobby Bill Knight Bill incident Tech. too, where. <laughs> <laughs> where he threw like the chair at the at his little uh, like uh, oh. Pete the, when oh, he hits well. Pete with the chair and mm-hmm. like he, like starts wigging out and you're like oh <laughs> see so I'm not a big sports fan and I I was able to to enjoy all that the the sports theatrics and comedy as well so that that's pretty cool I was confused by his minion though by Pete like we never got a backstory he was just more of a tool and stuff and like. What happened to Pete afterwards? Like it, it was kind of confusing. Why did he have weird teeth? Weren't we supposed we we like <laughs> they they gave him as comedic relief, and we were supposed to have this little bit of a emotional connection to to this weird CGI computery thing, but then nothing happened. <laughs> he felt a lot like what was Clippy? Is that the name of the Microsoft? Oh, yeah. But then we'd all hate like, him. That's though. what he felt like to me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to force you to like Clippy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they brought him back, so I mean, maybe algorithm works for Space Jam too. And they're like, ah, oh, yeah, people like Pete, so let's bring back Clippy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just kind of hoping that Pete went straight to the Tune World and nobody mentioned it <laughs> uh, because you know he needs a place to live too. He was probably created by Algae Rhythm, mm-hmm. and like he just needed a home too. I did. My friend was at the view, same viewing as us, and she said that the kid next to her is like, "Is that War Machine?" <laughs> and, just, and it's like, it's really hard to just break yourself out of that when you're a child mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. remove it from it. Mm-hmm, definitely, and it's different when it's like a, a cartoon animated alien that's the bad guy versus you know an actual actor that you're seeing face to face and and uh, can see it as a different one so that that is a little hard that was a little difficult and kind of his um motivation was weird to me as well that he was just so mad yeah. that he got rejected that he would pull him into that world and put the whole world at risk because of it like that was a little weird <laughs> i guess like this is the moment where robots start making having feelings mm-hmm. and are going to start taking over the world like he was the beginning oh yeah I, I guess that's that's what it was but I don't know if you're an algorithm and you're you know all these statistics and you're you're, you're doing all this predicting and everything like that you think you'd have a backup didn't if your first subject rejected the idea 
That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and we're gonna come back, and we'll we'll compare a little bit more. And I actually want to learn a bit more about you two after this break. We're back, uh, Fan Effect, Talking Space Jam 2, with Taylor Stapleton and James Estrada. I'm wondering how you guys feel, because you guys are definitely super fans of Space Jam, the original. Would you say that? Yes, absolutely. I think Taylor's more of a space, uh, super fan than I am. I don't know. You said you both uh, watch yeah. it at least once a month, right? Yeah, but Taylor has the jerseys from <laughs> the first movie. I do not. Like, if you remember from I the actually... panel, Taylor... <laughs> I'm actually drinking from a water bottle right now that says Michael's Secret Stuff. <laughs> I forgot about the secret stuff. <laughs> I, I have the water bottle in my hand right now. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so but I t- will say, for breakfast, I did have Space Jam cereal. So. <laughs> I ate all mine, and then my kid wasted a bunch, and I was just like, I don't know who you are. Oh, my gosh. I haven't seen that. What's the Space Jam cereal? Uh, it's kind of like... How would you explain it? Yeah, I would berries. say it's like Lucky Charms. Yeah. And Crunch berries need Lucky Charms. Oh, they put marshmallows <laughs> yeah. with the crunch. They always do that when it comes to like the promotional ones. It's always like super sugary on top of super sugary and goes straight into my cart. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was so good. So um, did you enjoy the film though? Like, so, so Taylor, as the ultimate one, you watch it once a month. You're sipping out of your, your Michael's Secret stuff um, water bottle right now. How did you feel it compared to the first? Um, you know, I I really try and compare them, but I just figured, like, it, they're their own entity. Mm-hmm. And I just had to focus on that. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't like this. I didn't like LeBron for a long time. But, like, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, I said on Twitter, I'm like, he's going to make a Space Jam movie. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> and But then, like, I kind of got over it because he's such a good human. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, I, I could get caught up in his story just because of that. But, you know... I did like the uh, like the animations better in this one. The mm-hmm. ball scene where like Michael Jordan was a weird ball. They're both horrible actors, <laughs> but horrible actors, LeBron good characters. <laughs> there, but LeBron is a little bit of a step up. Mm-hmm. And um, I also really like that. I don't know if Michael Jordan did this, but um, the uh, the kids in the movie were selected by LeBron. He auditioned them with them and he he's the one that selected all his kids i didn't know that and so i was just listening to a podcast the other day about it and i just thought that was really sweet like oh that's cool like it gave me like a better connection for them like i could feel it better because he's the one that chose him well, um and i know in the first film um even though his kids didn't play it like it was the names and everything does does lebron actually have like two sons and is it the same family arrangement even though it's actors yeah, he has two sons and a daughter. And I forgot about the daughter, yeah. Um, the same ages. Cool, all right. But I was really, really upset because, like, I did want some things to come back. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I wanted Charles Barkley. See, and I wanted Bill Murray. I, <laughs> I just thought that Charles Barkley, like, they had the opportunity to put him in the movie as a sports announcer because that is what he is now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like they had that opportunity and they didn't do it. And I don't know if they like reached out. I don't know. But like, I was so bummed that he was not in it. That'd be a missed opportunity. Definitely. Definitely. I think the thing though is that they went with 
LeBron's Twitter followers, and I don't know if Charles Barkley follows LeBron on Twitter. Does he like, even have a Twitter? Whole... <laughs> but still, like... Like, that might be their workaround is like, oh, you don't have a Twitter, so uh, we can't use you. I think we got to look up if they even asked. Yeah, Charles Barkley <laughs> does not have a Twitter. Ah, okay, so... maybe that's what it is. So that's like I get it though. Like the, I still thought the announcers were great, but comparing, you know, it's just hard for me because it's been 25 years, and even though I watch yeah. it every day, I really want to separate them. But I will say that kids now will not like. Like I don't think that they would like the Michael Jordan one as much as they will like the LeBron one. You think so? Do you think yeah, the humor is like just changed? I think there's humor change. I think that, and, you know, I only have a three-year-old, so I don't know if this is true, but I think that, like, it's more flashy. It's more technically involved. It's, I think that's just kind of. It has the video game angle in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's what's going to attract a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, their attention span's different, too. So (laughs) the quick changes. I don't know how many parents are like me and James where we're just like, you have to watch Space Jam again right now. <laughs> so I don't know when these kids have ever seen Space Jam or how many times. Yeah. Well, I know my, my friend's kids, they, they had all seen them and, you know, my nieces and nephews and everything. But part of that as well is um, two of my, my nephews are actually black. And so they purposely go out of their way to find films that feature more people of color in them and more role models for them. And her older son just loves, loves, loves sports. So they, they were familiar with Space Jam at the start because of that. But that is a, that's a point. I didn't think how many kids came to the film without seeing the first one. Oh, wow. You know, but like, uh, it was just good. I think that kids are going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope they like the original one. I do too. And I think, you know, my, my niece and nephews on the other side, they're going to really enjoy the kind of montage at first when Bugs Bunny is, is going around the, the tune world with uh, LeBron because they actually, their favorites are the classic uh, Merry Melodies. So the opera, the Barber of Seville, the rabbit versus duck season, things like that. So <laughs> <laughs> it kind of depends on, on what your entry point into the universe is. Well, so like for me, so my son's 10. And the funny thing, like I said, you know, he was watching it on and off a few times. But what really sucked him in was the meme culture. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you have the big Chungus Bug Bunny. Mm-hmm. And my kid just started screaming, it's Big Chungus, it's Big Chungus. <laughs> and I just started laughing so hard. But, like, like, so when we watch Space Jam, like the original one, uh, there are moments where you can tell, like, a kid about 10 years old mm-hmm. If they're not into basketball, if they're not into, you know, older animation, they have a hard time with it. They have a hard mm-hmm. time keeping their attention on, like, the rules of basketball kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, mixed in with, like, the rules of the animated world. Um, and then in this one, though, it kind of keeps their attention with the video game aspect of it because mm-hmm. all kids know video games. All kids know, even if they don't play sports, they've played a basketball-type video game and mm-hmm. basketball-type app on their phone. Or, like, they, so they get watch people play and, and their friends play. and Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So they get it a little bit more. They understand the video game rules more than they do the real rules of basketball. So for them, it's, I feel like it's more interesting. Like, once my son realized that this was a movie about a video game version of basketball, he was more into it. He oh, was cool. like, yeah, no, this is so much better than just watching 
cartoons play basketball against each other with a real life person. But yeah, no, it definitely, this one will definitely keep kids' attention a lot more than the original one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Taylor said, I think it takes a special kind of parent to not make, but like guide (laughs) their children to watch (laughs) once a month. I am the guilty Um, aunt, totally brainwashing (laughs) every kid I meet to like the characters I like. I mean, everybody has to know that all it takes is a gulp of from a water bottle that says Michael's secret stuff or Mike's secret stuff on it. Like, that's all you need to get by in life. It's, it's the it's the feather. It's Dumbo's feather. It's it's everything. It's just yeah. a little bit of confidence yeah. gets that's, you going. That's the one thing I will say I was sad that they didn't have in here. Mm-hmm. But, like, so there is a cameo in there that I was like, oh. I hope he brings the water bottle. I hope he brings the water bottle. Oh, and they didn't? Uh, oh. There's just that whole sequence after that. Like, I just I, I don't want to, like, even though we're talking spoilers we're and stuff, spoiler I don't want to spoil We're we going to go as deep as we we're, want here. We're in the spoiler I, part. I ruined it for the guys next to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that whole thing when they just start freaking out because oh, Michael. they say that they found Michael Jordan. That was probably the, like, the biggest laugh in our audience was was that moment. Michael B. Yeah, Jordan. Like... <laughs> the the guys next to me were like we were talking before the movie and they're just like we just really hope Michael Jordan's in. I'm like you guys that's not gonna happen. <laughs> just chill. And so when that moment was happening, I saw them sit so straight <laughs> and so confidently. <laughs> and the second I saw. Michael B. Jordan's shoes, I, like, nudged one. I'm like, that is not Michael Jordan. Yeah, the silhouette did it for me. <laughs> and they're like, it is, it is. And I'm like, that's Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> and they, they're like, no, 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 no. And then they, it happened, and they're just looking at me, and they're like, dang, okay. So I just wish there was, like, a cut scene or something with, like, Bill Murray and Michael Jordan. I don't know, maybe they, because they didn't get sucked into the game, being, like, all mad or something like that. Like... <laughs> That would have been a great cutscene. Like they had to watch it on their phone. Like, wait, you guys all would do that, and you didn't have us there? <laughs> it's like, that would have been great for me. Um, go ahead and continue, James. You were, you were saying before. But, like, I la- I was laughing so hard. and like, you couldn't find Michael A. Jordan, so you brought Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Uh, like, and I was, so I was, uh, messaging Taylor as I was watching the movie. <laughs> of course. And, like, I just sent her, like, so many, like, ah, like, messages, <laughs> like, ah, Michael oh, B. Jordan thing was hilarious. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so what, what do you think could yeah. have made it better then? Like, we, we talked about some of the critiques, we talked about our favorite parts. What could have made it even better? I want Bill Murray and the Animaniacs and a little bit of Michael Jordan. I just want Charles Barkley and um, <laughs> the dog and or the, Murray, the, but... the dog or the character. <laughs> the, the, the human. The human. I, mean, okay. I was taking the dog too. It would have been way funny to see the dog in the audience, honestly. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, is that Charles Barkley? Mm-hmm. I just, because Charles Barkley's character, like, he's kind of a goof in general. And mm-hmm. so, like, him being sucked in it again, being like, what the heck is happening? Would have just, like, been the cherry on top for me. <laughs> How about uh, you, James? What could have made it better? Uh, honestly, like, I think just, like, ironing out, like, a few more takes of the first sequence mm-hmm. where, like, LeBron's telling his son, telling Dom, like, hey, you need to focus on basketball. Like, that just felt so forced. Mm-hmm. 
to me, it felt like LeBron didn't know how to be that kind of dad, like that kind of like not supporting your kids type of dad. Uh, Uh, mm. And so it felt really forced and it felt like maybe like go find like somebody who has like a dad who's like shattered their dreams and just follow that dad for a little Uh, bit and mm -hmm. kind of see what it's like to be that kind of dad uh, just so you can like get that emotion out. Well, then Um, the mother came in and she was so it felt so real that communication and connection there between both her sons, you know, her, her children and her husband, it made it stand out even more that kind of awkwardness between. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think just like fixing that one thing. And I honestly, it could have been like, and maybe they use like the 30th take or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think just a couple more takes of that and just finding one that actually like, pushed out that emotion mm-hmm. like i think that would have made one it would have made lebron's performance more believable and it would have pushed the story i think a little bit uh harder yeah and i think that it wouldn't have gotten as bad of reviews from critics if they would have just you know done a few more yeah i, I... that actually makes a lot of sense so i didn't even think about that because lebron is such a giving human he wants to give back. He doesn't. He never wants to force anybody like his, his anything on anybody else because he just wants everybody to like have a better life. Mm-hmm. And it's like that makes sense. He would never do that to his kids. So yeah, he, he needs like, some more villain training. He ne- he needs to to learn a little bit more of that. Yeah, angle. he needs to hang out with Don Cheadle a little bit more. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a good villain. I just couldn't even handle it. <laughs> I, I would have wanted some more stuff from, from the first film brought in. I definitely want those characters I mentioned before brought in. And then I think they should have handled the different uh, intellectual properties a bit different. Like they had them in Superman's world and yet they didn't actually let Superman talk and respond. They had the Jetsons out in the crowd and yet they didn't like zoom in on them and see their reactions to to it. I I wish they would have handled the intellectual properties a bit differently. And maybe that's where it succeeded in Ralph Breaks the Internet, where it didn't succeed here. When we go to Ralph Breaks the Internet, the princesses aren't just in the audience there. Um, they actually have interaction with the characters. You, They could have done that a little bit differently to make it feel less of a, a marketing ploy and more of a you are in immersed in this universe um, of these characters that we love and and behold and and everything like that. And if they would have done that with the audience in the game, um, I think it would have been better as well because it wouldn't be as distracting. The the audience in the game felt very much like a video game audience where you kind of have the looping, rocking characters kind of cheering and things like that but not really reacting to what's going on except if they're that highlighted first row. I would have appreciated that a bit better. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Wacko, Yakko, and Dot. They needed to be there more. My heart, my heart. They didn't have a place to <laughs> well, sit. I, the tower was down. But you could, they'll, They're the Animaniacs. They'll sit on a broken tower. They'll, they'll find a way to get in the game. Like, it's, yeah, come on. And, like, Lola and Dot, I wanted an interaction between those two. They could have been, they could have played off of, you know, Lola, um, you know, being a more, progressive character nowadays like i i love dot and her whole like i'm cute and everything it would have been funny to to kind of like whoa who made you politically correct or something like that it would have been been even if you would have put like dot in like the themiscira scenes right i think that would have been amazing yeah like because dot herself has those moments where she's like this 
uh, Brave, strong, totally one. awesome. Like, yeah, it's like, so like the Suffragette song was one of the ones that won the Emmys this weekend. Like, come on, like, <laughs> yeah, okay. it, it would have been amazing. But I will say that, like, I loved the they had different iterations of Batman throughout the audience as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had like the '60s Batman, Catwoman, Robin, Penguin, the Dan DeVito, so the Dan all... DeVito of Penguin. That that made me happy. That was the where they chose. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was really fun. Do you think they're going to do a third one? I, I know, like they that some of the producers and everything they they'd mentioned they would, if they do a third one, they'd love The Rock to be in it somehow, like the star. So, do you think they'd do a third one? Uh, I don't think that they. I don't think they will for a while uh-huh. if they do. Um, I don't think that they have enough like star power. Like, there's not who's the next basketball player that's going to be yeah. this person. Um, they just. I don't know who even cast that. They have to come up with a whole new story because are they going to get sucked in the Matrix and fight algae rhythm again? <laughs> um, like they they tried to do like something similar after Space Jam, the first one came out and it failed. Yeah, the the back so, to the action. Yeah, I just think that they need to take their time and decide that. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking about time, we are out of time and then some, and you guys are heading off to discuss FanX panels that might be coming up in fall twenty twenty one. Correct. I am, yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so tell, tell our audience a little bit um, where they can find your stuff, what they can look forward to, to hearing more about you. Uh, Taylor, let's go ahead and start with you, and then we'll move on to James. I'm going to be at FAMEX the whole time. I believe it's happening in September. We're coming up with um, a good list. We're always still taking suggestions. If anybody has an idea mm-hmm. of a panel that they'd really like to see, but I'll be there, and I will probably be still pitching uh, more Space Jam panels. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a follow-up to the one in, in 2019. I would love to do that. <laughs> and, uh, James, what about you? Where can our listeners hear more about your about you and your fandoms? So I still every now and then write on my website, Nerdy at Home Dad. I've changed my Instagram stuff because I'm not a stay-at-home dad anymore. Mm-hmm. If you just... Search my first name and then underscore last name backwards. You'll find my all my social media. It's just Samaj underscore. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce the last part. But <laughs> I'll put a link in the, in the description down below. And are you going to be trying uh, to join FanX this year as well? Yeah. So I pitched a few panels and I will be there doing other panels and my son will be cosplaying again. So if you find us after pictures, he loves pictures. This will be the first time that I'm making costumes again in like two years. So so I'm kind of nervous about it. Um, (laughs) And then, um, so I used to podcast more frequently on geek parenting podcasts. Uh If things get ironed out, I might be joining them for some more episodes here soon. Um, So, yeah, so you'll be able to find us there. And even if I don't show up there, you should check them out. I started the podcast with them. They're a great group of people. They are my family away from my family. And amazing oh i love it i love it thank you guys for joining us particularly very last minute here with you guys thanks to our audience uh for listening to an episode of a fan effect we are a ksl news radio podcast beyond sci-fi fantasy gaming and tech we are excited to share with you our knowledge and 
often arguments, <laughs> on everything pop culture and fandom. Based in the beautiful Beehive State, Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, and we are excited to bring to you local guests that feel the same way. I'm your co-host and producer, Kellyanne Halverson. Listen regularly on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com, kslpodcast.com, or on the KSL News Radio app. Do you have a fun idea or a local fan culture topic you would like us to explore? Let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show. Uh, where you can also get the latest nerdly updates, join the conversation, and I like to let you know about what type of fan culture events are happening around Utah and the Valley. Follow us on Instagram at Fan Effect Show and Twitter at Fan Effect Show. Thanks again for listening. We hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.